Hey everybody, this is Ruben, and you're listening to Amazing Stories. The Destruction Factor by James Follett with T.P. McKenna, Paul Copley, and Rosalind Adams. Episode 2, The Devil's Harvest. This is Denise Exxon calling from Elko. Could I speak to Mr. Balfour, please? Mm. Thank you. What do you want him for? Oh, Mr. Balfour? Good afternoon. I'm sorry to trouble you, but there was something I meant to ask you at lunchtime. You know, when you were working here yesterday afternoon, did you happen to notice a potted plant on my desk after I'd gone out? Hey, you're not accusing the police of nicking it. You did? Yes, that's right. Uh, Two feet? No, it was nothing like as high as that, not more than six inches, if that... No, no, I, I must have been mistaken. I'm so sorry to have troubled you. Bye now. So, what was all that about? What time did Balfour leave here yesterday afternoon? About three, when I went for coffee. For God's sake, Denise, you're not saying the police took it, are you? I honestly don't know what to think. It doesn't make sense. Well, is it worth kicking up so much dust over one miserable little plant when we're going to get another one this afternoon? It wasn't that small. Balfour thought it was about two feet high. And that means if he was right, that it grew as much as 18 inches in an afternoon. Wasn't it over this way? No, near the trees. Isn't there a a law about digging up flora? Not if she's dead. (laughs) I'm sure it was around here. It was here. You found it. Where? Someone's beaten us to it. Looks like it's been dug up, love. Look. Oh, hell. Oh, come on. Home, home. Uh, be a shame not to be after making use of them there woods now we've found them, Missy. Use the woods? <laughs> oh. Oh, no. Down, boy. Howard. Come here, me proud beauty. Oh, Howard's here. The other one. Howard. No, Howard. That fake steep stop mucking about. If I go down, I drag it oh, down no, with... No, 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 Look at my dress, you idiot. Look at my tights. Oh, give us a kiss. Howard, I am lying in mud. I don't like lying in mud. My mother warned me about lying in mud. <laughs> 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 what's, what's that noise? I can't see a thing. Will you get off me now? Oh, no. What? I thought you said that your plant was rare. Complex B, the main research center of the Eurochem Agricultural Research Laboratories Corporation. 
This lift is taking you down to the lowest level of the center, complex B7, which is 200 feet below ground level. The air you are breathing has been filtered to exclude all Very particles nice. of matter larger than three it's microns. It's a tape recording of an actress which is 3, supplied by a theatrical agency. The main complex cost Dad, three million Dad, do you really think members of the public will want to go through the performance of having a hot shower and changing into sterile coveralls before visiting the complex? And has its own power station. Well, a public relations firm assured me that people will love it. It will heighten the feeling of anticipation. Please remain together at all times. Thank you for your attention. Ah. Here we are. Level B7. The most interesting level in the complex. Uh, where shall we start? Well, we're in your hands, Mr. Exxon. <laughs> ah. Uh, this is the control room of the planetarium. Uh, come in. Come in. Uh, the, uh, the what? Yes, yeah, an ugly name. I didn't coin it, but it does convey an idea of the laboratory's purpose. Uh, take a seat. Oh, thank you. The uh, climatorium itself is beyond that glass screen. You'll see it when the sun is switched on. It's 90 metres in diameter and about the same height at the centre of the dome. Now, are you ready? It's getting light. Listen. We are going back in time. We are hurtling backwards in time at a rate of 200 million years per second until we come to the period in the history of our planet when the atmosphere contained no free oxygen. Mm. Uh, is that the real sun out there? But there had always what? been light from the sun. The first recognizable life was algae floating on the oceans, intercepting the sunlight and using solar energy to convert carbon dioxide to sugar and releasing oxygen into the atmosphere. It was algae and plants which gave us the life-giving oxygen in our atmosphere, a process which took 2,500 million years, and which go on sustaining the atmosphere today as we breathe oxygen and consume it in our factories and our motor cars. One car requires five acres of forest to replace the oxygen it burns every 20,000 miles. Well? <laughs> it's fantastic. But is that the real sun? No. It's a cluster of high-pressure xenon lights radiating one kilowatt of energy over every square metre of the climatorium's floor. They're suspended from a gantry which can be moved to simulate the passage of the sun across the sky. Mm -hmm. We can vary the output to simulate any region on Earth, but we are primarily concerned with the tropics for the controlled conditions we need to test new fertilizers and soil conditioners. Oh, the soil in the climatorium has the same profile as that found in certain regions of Ethiopia. Watch carefully. Hmm. There are people out there. Who are they? We have now come forward in time to five million years ago. We are in North Africa, where the first true men are believed to have appeared. Yes, actually it's dangerous making statements about the origins of man because 
Well, every so often someone makes a discovery that adds another million years to the time he's been on this planet. <laughs> Dad, who are those people? And now we move our weather clock forwards to the present day. Little has changed. The people are a little taller, and they live a little longer. Some even survive into their early 40s, and they are still starving and wretched. But instead of a handful of people, now there are many millions. People like Joey. We don't know his real name. Come nearer, Joey. Nearer. Notice his limbs, like matchsticks on the This is awful. You almost feel you can reach out and break them. What's that poor kid doing in there? Dad, his extended why is he in there? Why? Why? The flies are crawling all no. over his face, but he no longer cares. No. All he cares about is his next meal. Dad? It might come today, or tomorrow, no. or next week. No. Or never. But Dad! Come nearer, Jerry. No! Denise, Denise, it's all Come right. Denise. No, it's not all right. Yes. <laughs> How old do you think Joey is? Four, five, six. Joey is 11 years old. He is one child out of 10 million. And we have sentenced him to death. Dad, please open this door. Dad, you can't leave him. You cannot. Please open the door. Denise! Daddy, I didn't mean to kill him. Oh, please believe me, Daddy, he was hungry. He was so hungry, I didn't know he'd die. It's all right, love. It's all right, he's gone. There's nothing there. They've all gone. Look, you see, nothing. 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 So, uh, what was it that we saw? Hmm? Uh, a hologram. Uh, a three-dimensional image recorded on holographic film and projected by laser beams. The boy died last year. We made the recording in Somalia. What did she mean, I didn't mean to kill him? I thought she'd forgotten. I'm all right now, Howard. Oh, I'm taking you home. No, I'd like to see everything now we're here. Oh, perhaps we should call it a day. I'm sorry I made a fool of myself, but I'd, I'd like to see the rest. So, what's the purpose of that? It recreates any environment that we wish. Let me show you. Oh, we can go in there. Of course. It's perfectly safe. There are no mosquitoes. Oh, perhaps there should be. I think I ought to take Denise home. I'd like to see it. Yes. I thought perhaps you would. Now, sun goggles are on your left in the airlock. Put them on, please. Right. Now, are we in? Okay. Excellent. Is it takes the pumps a few seconds to balance the pressure. Mm -hmm. Oh, a word of warning. Even though you're wearing goggles, don't look up at the xenon lights. They're burning with the same intensity as a tropical sun. Right. Now brace yourselves. The heat can hit you like a sledgehammer. <laughs> Welcome to North Africa. Oh, it's incredible. I can even feel a slight breeze. Yes, convection currents set up by the xenon lights, Good which is exactly Lord. what winds are. We weren't expecting real climatic effects in here, but we've got them. Dad. I've left the program set so that you'll get a taste of some real weather in a few minutes. Hey, uh, is that maize growing over there? Yes, that's right. Uh, come and see. They're fantastic, Dad. 
Looks like they're growing in sand. They are. Those uh, sachets at the base of each plant are Elka's much vaunted grow bombs. Ah. Sunlight degrades the covering, layer by layer, so that the exact amount of water and nutrients required by the plant are released at a controlled rate throughout its growing season. They eliminate expensive irrigation systems in which large quantities of water are lost in hot countries through evaporation. Mm, yes, now I remember reading the firm's press handout on them. They're going to revolutionise farming, aren't they? They'll eliminate ploughing and harrowing. There'll be no more pollution of rivers and streams through excessive fertilisers leaching through the soil. And if they ever are used for growing in sand, there won't be a weed problem. Well, they sound like the solution to the world food problem. Yes, I believe they could be. What are these, Dad? They look like the remains of some plants. What happened to them? Hmm? Oh. oh, we've had our failures. Well, we'd better be going now. This heat's bad for you if you're not used to it. What was that? Homemade lightning. Several kilovolts jumping between two electrodes on the gantry. <laughs> how long is the spark? About 30 feet. Quite spectacular, isn't it? Sure. That's how we increase the ozone concentration in the atmosphere. Well, we ought to be going now. There. Denise, ready? <laughs> it's an anniversary now. Eat and don't ask questions. It's not good. What anniversary, kind sir? Uh, we've been together now for 365 nights. Oh, ah, 362. What? I threw you out on three successive nights last December, uh, remember? Yes, I never did pay you back. But uh, <laughs> if you'd like to propose to me, I'll give it careful consideration. Only one thing missing from the table, flowers. Oh. Where's my pot of plant? Uh, I moved it into the bedroom. It was a nuisance in the kitchen. Seeds all over the floor. And uh, as it's my month for housework, I ought to be allowed to make decisions on the location of things that make cleaning up difficult. <laughs> <laughs> it's behind the bedroom curtain on the bay windowsill. Funny how those plants grow so quickly, isn't it? Mm. Oh, it is good. I should have invited your father around, shown him how well I'm looking after you. What, celebrating our year of living together? I can just see him enjoying that. <laughs> mm. It's odd the way he's opened Complex B to the public. And yet they've still got all the surveillance equipment working at night. Mm -hmm. He says it's to safeguard the records and computer files on level three. Mm. Odd, though. Still, that hologram of the starving kid was more effective than any film. Don't let's talk about it, Howard. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Did Dad mention anything to you? No. Then why are you saying sorry? <laughs> I didn't mean to bring the subject up. I figured you'd get around to telling me sometime. I, I just didn't want to push you. I tend to forget how kind you are. Ooh, you won't find another. Oh, Dad was wrong. I hadn't forgotten that little boy. I must have been about seven or eight. Dad was on his second tour with the United Nations Agricultural Advisory Team in Chad. It was Boxing Day. I remember feeling how wrong it seemed to be spending Christmas in such heat. I was playing with my presents and I suddenly realised I was being watched. He had huge eyes, just like that little boy in the climatorium. His stomach was blown up like a balloon. He could hardly stand. I heard him crying that night. I overheard someone say he was hungry. I didn't know they were giving him a liquid diet to start with. I smuggled him a big slice of Christmas cake. They found him dead next morning. 
Did your father guess? Well, I think he must have done. If only they told me that food like that would kill him. Oh, I'm sorry, Howard. This is delicious, but I just can't manage anymore. Coffee? Mm, please. <laughs> oh, that's odd. Mm? The cream's gone off. Smell. Ew. Where'd you get it? At our supermarket. Well, we're not going there anymore. That's the second lot that's done that. Come on, let's have it black. Good Lord, don't you need a special licence to smoke something that size? <laughs> special occasion. The biggest cigar in the shop. Mm. Mm. I'll go and get you a funny plant. Uh, we can sit and contemplate it and uh, marvel at your green fingers. <laughs> All right? Don't drop cigar ash on the stair carpet. <laughs> Evening, nurse. Good morning, Mr. Balfour. It's dawn. Too wet to notice, though. So what's the verdict? Shock, mostly. Minor burns through his face and hands. He'll be okay tomorrow. Have you found out what's causing these fires? We're working on it. Is she still here? Mm. Over there. She's been sitting there all night, poor thing. Ah, thanks. See if you can rustle us up some coffee. Mm, well, you know where the vending machine is. Goody. Uh, morning, Miss Exon. Didn't expect to find you still here. My father's on his way back to pick me up. I've heard that Howard will be okay. Yes. I've just come from your flat. It's, uh, well, it's a mess. I suppose you want a statement or something. I can wait. What happened? We just finished dinner. Howard went up to the bedroom to get something. Well, I heard him cry out. I rushed up, found him lying in the passageway outside the bedroom door. The entire bedroom was burning. I dragged him clear. You saved his life. I tried to smother the flames with my dress. They'd go out but start again as soon as I took my dress away. It was like a nightmare. You had nothing in that bedroom that was out of the ordinary? No, nothing. It's beginning to look like we've got a maniac on the loose who sit on a new type of incendiary device. Does your father live alone? Yes, but he's offered to put Howard and me up. Uh, why? Drives a Jensen. Yes, why? Excuse me. No, what's the plan? A triple nine call from Tower Mill's old people's home. A major fire. Ah, look at that. Skill. I managed that boiled egg without your help. I think I'll be okay driving. Maybe I'd better go into the office before they discover they can manage without me. You need <laughs> another day's rest. What's the latest on the old people's home? Fifteen. Mm. Oh, I wish Dad didn't virtually live in Complex B. I was hoping to see more of him now that we've moved in on him. Oh, Wonder who that could be at this time. <clears throat> oh, hello. Um, right in here. Oh. 
How are you getting on, Mr. Rogers? Fine, fine. I'm getting plenty of tender, loving care. Have you caught our arsonist yet? Oh, he's set up an incident room. Oh, well, that's it then. He might as well give himself up. <laughs> <laughs> We're looking for something in common between all four fires, on the assumption that whoever planted the devices used the same materials each time. Uh, this is a list of items that we managed to identify at the scene of each fire. Oh. I'd like you to look at it and tell me if there's anything here that shouldn't be there. Mm -hmm. uh, picture hooks. No, well, there were two pictures in our bedroom. Hairbrushes. Can you really identify hairbrushes after a fire? Portable radio. Yeah. Hand mirror, yeah. Flower pot. We had a flower pot in the bedroom. You mean those delinquent girls at the community centre also went in for potted plants? No, one of the girls had found a wild plant she was fond of. Alarm clock, yes. Oh, that's it. Mm. Oh, well... It was worth a try. Is your father still at Elko, Miss Hexon? Um, yes. He didn't come home last night. Why? Well, I tried to call him there, but there was no answer. Never mind. I'll see myself out. Good to see you looking fine, Mr. Rogers. Oh, thank you. Be seeing you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what are you looking for? Um, C, D... E. Ah. Flinders. Max Flinders. Ever heard of him? Well, He's an old friend of Dad's. He used to lecture at Surrey University. Microbiology. So? Do you feel like a drive into the country? Good. We are going out to those woods near the airport. We're going to dig up one of those weird plants and we're going to take it down to Max Flinders and ask him to examine it. Oh. Why? Because somehow, in a way I can't even guess at, those plants have got something to do with the fires. And Dad knows they have. And the police suspect that Dad knows something. How'd you get onto him in the first place? From complaints, Commander. All right, Sir Action likes to go on the prowl at night, but it's not enough, is it? Enough to have him in for a chat. Finch got a look in the boot of his Jensen last night. A spade, a trowel, mm. a horticultural flame gun, weed killer. Yeah, that's not evidence to associate him with these fires. With his job, he can easily explain why such things are in his possession. And now he's taken to daytime prowling with a pair of 1250 binoculars. Mm. What does he show an interest in? Oh, anything. The countryside, mostly. He likes to find himself a high spot and go over every square inch. Woods, fields, hedges, gardens. Extraordinary behaviour. Fifteen people died in that fire, sir. Yes, I don't have to be reminded, Belfort. All right, keep him under observation for another 72 hours. You can pull him in if he continues with his prowling. Yeah. There wasn't much point in trekking down here with that plant the other day. He's got a couple growing in his front garden. Look near that conifer. They probably are a common weed and we've wasted his time. Yeah. He said it was urgent, Lindy. Oh, good morning, Mr Flinders. Denise, Howard. Come in, come in. Ah, oh. <laughs> oh, I've just made a pot of coffee. Ah, through here, that's it. Out you go, Suki. <laughs> uh, mind the pile of books, will you? <laughs> Let's go into my den. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen so many books outside a library. <laughs> yes, I do believe they're breeding. <laughs> the cats certainly are. <laughs> oh, make sure there isn't one under you before you sit down, will you? Shoot those papers on the floor, Howard. That's it. I only hope that we haven't wasted your hmm? time over the plant, Mr Flinders. Max. What? Only civil servants and gas men are allowed to call me Mr. Flinders. <laughs> Only we noticed quite a lot of those plants as we drove down, and there's a couple more in your front garden. Uh, just round your way, all scattered. Mm, scattered? Mm. I see. Well, at least it's an easy plant to spot. So it is dangerous? Well, not to put too fine a point on it, I'd say it's the most dangerous living organism on this planet. We're going to have to move fast. And it did cause those fires? Three more this morning. Mm. Six people died, all in your area. But uh, how can a plant be responsible? 
I've been keeping it near an open window. Yes. Here it is. It's grown. Oh, yes, it's grown all right. It does everything well. Well, I'm going to show you a classical experiment, similar to that carried out by Joseph Priestley 200 years ago. Now, I'll need that um, aquarium. Oh. Now, place a burning candle in the aquarium, like so. Cover the aquarium up. Hmm? Well, the candle will go out, surely. Mm. It's dying. It'll burn for a few seconds until the flame has consumed all the oxygen in the aquarium. There, you see, it's out. Now then, please, Denise, would you kindly lift that plant into the aquarium for me? Hmm? Uh, that's fine. Slide it to one side. Will you make room for the candle? Right. Which I shall now light. All right. Now put the cover back in place, please. Oh, well now. now. What sort of candle's that? It's an ordinary candle, and it will continue to get brighter. I would never have believed it. But it's lighting up the whole room. I didn't believe it myself at first. Oh, it has about the intensity of a 300-watt light bulb. Now the candle's collapsing. Now watch, watch what happens when I uh, push a dead match under the cover. There. Well, that's fantastic. Just burst into flames. Quite a firework display when I sprinkle sawdust in there. That's enough. I'll slide the cover off and let the remains of the candle burn itself out. So that's what killed all those people and nearly killed Howard? Yes. But how? Now, how could a plant do that? You've heard of photosynthesis? Mm-hmm. Well, in simple terms, it's the process by which plant leaves produce their nutrients from solar energy. They also produce surplus oxygen, which is released into the atmosphere through the leaf. All plants do this, of course. But this, this strange plant does it faster, so fast, that it can enrich the oxygen content of the atmosphere in a closed room within a matter of minutes. Yes, but oxygen isn't dangerous, is it? I thought life depended on it. So does fire. Our atmosphere is only one-fifth oxygen. The rest is mostly nitrogen. Just the right balance to make fire controllable. Now, our whole civilization is based on our control of fire. A slight increase in oxygen levels, and we lose that control. Everything that can burn will burn. I'm sorry, Max, but I cannot believe that one plant in a room could cause our bedroom to be gutted like it was. Why not? Look at this room. Hmm? Full of combustible material, books, papers, furniture, floorboards, uh, window frames, all, all waiting to burst into flames, given the right conditions that that plant can provide. So where did it come from? I think your father would be the best one to answer that question. In The Destruction Factor, by James Follett. The part of Max Flinders was played by T.P. McKenna, Denise Exon, Rosalind Adams, Howard Rogers, Paul Copley, Ralph Exon, Clifford Rose, Balfour, Peter Wickham, Nurse, Joan Matheson, Commander, Rod Beecham. The voice in the climatorium was Jennifer Piercy, and the production was by David Spencer.
Thank you for listening, and don't forget to join us tomorrow for yet another amazing story.